0: Ladies, gentlemen, woke werewolves, Gucci goblins, and hipster headless horsemen, welcome once again to the Let It Bleed Podcast.
1: It's I am your host, special.
0: the whimsical wizard of love, David Amaya.
1: And like I just tried to step over you and say, it's a special Halloween episode, so being spookier than ever, to his right is your verified blue vaquero, Phil Arroyo.
0: Except you're to my left right now.
1: Well, you know what? You this is start, an audio podcast. All this talk I about left we didn't and have right to the immersion. Things, God damn it. We were trying to be spooky, David. We're trying to be spooky. Oh man. But you, you know, know what? what? We're changing we're changing shit up. But personal jinx either. by the way Things personal
0: jinx i just you said at the same time as
1: me oh, you know what man. all right i guess i got to be quiet for the rest of this episode well
0: anyways this is a very special episode it is our 25th episode and we have been wanting to do what we are doing right now for a very long time the left we left have left. alongside us david appleby and jonathan felix or badger matthews i don't know which one he would prefer us to go with right now but these two awesome dudes are here on the podcast
1: famous bearded. Yeah the, yeah. He, yeah, the spirit really of Badger. I, I
0: like that. And we are doing a psychedelic meltdown. For those of you who have never experienced a psychedelic meltdown, it's basically just where we get together, pick out a bunch of vinyl records, um, and play them at parties, and have a fucking good time. But now, we are going to be hanging out and kind of just shooting the shit and talking about them. So if you uh, are the type of person that likes music, which... I think that that should be pretty much everybody, I hate and music you should enjoy this.
1: I fucking hate music. This I right. hate I music. Rain. God
0: damn it, I hate music. Uh-huh. Well, but, well, uh, well, so, you know, we're going to go ahead and get into this here. We're going to play a little bit of tunes. We're going to talk about them. Maybe you guys can relate. Maybe you won't. But you know what? Who cares? We're doing what it's, we want. It's
1: going to be a good fucking time. Yeah. That's, that's all that I am sure of. So Mr. right here is queuing us up with his first track.
0: Well, it's not his exactly. first track. Yeah. Oh, It'd okay. It's first his first track. But while he does that, we're also here promoting an RGL event.
1: That's right. Now, Apples and Badger here, us three together along with uh, Justin Olson, who you guys have heard on the show before, we are uh, uh, some of the primary founders who uh, have Collective. We put on Mustard in the Bottle earlier this year, and now we are excited to uh, you know, throw our sophomore party here. And now that's not a party for sophomores, that is our second one if you're a sophomore please do not come (laughs) if you're in high school we're pretty pretty big on the whole 21 and up thing so stay home uh but for the rest of you we do have a very spooky event coming up on saturday that's what this saturday as this is uh being recorded and as this is going out that is the house of horrors 3 Tales from the lit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, come out and check out
0: Death Wax as we will be spinning more vinyl records and dressed up all spooky.
1: And That's right. So dope. you three will be there, playing under the name Death Wax. We Creepy will be and dope as fuck. And you guys have a really, you guys have a really
2: it's good. A, it's a 90s playlist that we're gonna be doing. Nice. Enjoy.
0: many times before and appreciated it for so many reasons Um, but it wasn't until my first time on Mushrooms and I was being driven through Laguna Canyon and this specific song came on and it starts off with all this angst and you know craziness and and energy and you're like just worked up and your anxiety is going through and then it just drops into this smooth beautiful guitar like super psychedelic you got the all of the grass was really dry but it turned into this like purple like gold tint and it was flowing back and forth and he says breathe breathe in the air don't be afraid to care and so i was just like oh my god he's speaking to me you know it was like one of the first fucking the first fucking things that i ever remembered about actually experiencing what it what it felt like psychedelic experience and then it came back into this and the sun was going down more and more and it was like getting dark and shit and it was starting to get like way more angsty again so the whole roller coaster of a psychedelic trip you know the ups and downs and the craziness of it all was like it it was needless to say pretty overwhelming for the first time you know kind of having those experiences like is this is this real life is this gonna is this gonna end what's going on this like, is
1: forever david. this is
0: forever it's like that david after the. your dentist. mind is broken is this forever
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just
0: going crazy
1: everybody knows you're high
0: yeah and that, and that was that was part of it's like the ultimate like paranoia from like smoking weed and but but just like totally deep into this you know existential thought and, and Realizing that everything you think you know is wrong. (laughs) And it was like, oh, (laughs) fuck! Pretty crazy. That was epic. Yeah.
1: We need to put backtracks tracks to all of our conversations. Because that I know. Just narrated this, My God, we've got a musical talk show right now. It was it's
0: such amazing. a beautiful time, though. You know, it was it was so interesting, like that. It, it and it's set my whole life in a different direction, and it really just focused from that point on on you know just exploring new realms of consciousness.
1: I feel like you're narrating us going down that river of chocolate
0: the river um, of in chocolate. Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah.
1: See, there's no earthly way of knowing! There is there no, is no earthly way of knowing!
0: <laughs> or, like, it's fucking, of course, there's always my way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you God. You know, I went to Disney World one time. Okay, do you guys know I had Disneyland here in Anaheim? This one, you know, when that happens, it's kind of tradition. People scream, you know, at that point. Yeah. You know, people kind of you know, just do that to kind of break what, whatever Everybody it does is. That. I thought it was just I didn't problem. realize that was a thing only here. Oh. So I went to Disney World, like the one in Orlando, what? and there's like a, you know, pretty much the same exact thing over there. And I went on the Haunted Mansion, and then you it gets were to the, that point. You're the only always, one who screams. It was always my way. <laughs> And I let out this big, over-exaggerated scream, and I was the only one, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking <laughs> this Florida's is weird, man.
1: the worst moment of my life. <laughs> and, uh, I
0: would have been like, y'all are a bunch of pussies. You I am 11, and
1: I can't deal with this right now.
0: Oh, so it was a long time ago. That oh, I got yeah. You. I oh, yeah. Yeah, but that is a like, thing. I mean, who yeah. doesn't do that? It
1: was actually last week. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> last oh, that's right. You just went. You i didn't mention this before, but I'm actually 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, very mature my
0: It's like the Fred Armisen thing. Have you seen Broad City, where he's like, he's like, oh, he's watching I'm the thing. He's like, yeah. I'm
1: a baby. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that was kind of my introduction to
0: it. Got some badger.
1: Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> that was Flight of the Phoenix by <laughs> the Commodores.
2: Well, just to put a little context into what we what we've been doing, about I, w- I was sitting
0: here because be like, it's
1: no, by,
2: that's it's not it's what Bad- it was or, at all, Rodney.
1: Bad, they Bad- Bad- in the
0: Beardman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, like, uh, I, I, and you can speak to this. You guys can speak to this more because it was originally your guys's like idea to do this at a party, but like we listen to so much electronic music, you know, when we're together as yeah. a group. It can it can get kind of like redundant, repetitive.
0: Especially Mm -hmm. at four in the morning when you're kind of just trying to do your ketamine and come down, just just, (laughs) whatever you're trying to do. You know, sorry kids, if you're listening out there, don't. That was a joke. There's there's (laughs) certain (laughs) things called jokes, and that was one of them. But no, seriously, it was about uh, wanting oh. a little bit of
1: something different. Hold on, for... I think I think you guys might have actually just uh, oh. oh well, punched there that we go. A little uh, bit, uh, there we go.
0: It's about you know in the wee hours, what no matter what you're doing, even if you're just completely sober, you kind of want something to mellow out to some good music some like 60 psychedelic music some
1: something analog you know something like, analog sure something different you something know, that
0: something doesn't go unst 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 all the time or, or like boom. Music <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways Sorry to offend all you DJs. You guys will have <laughs> the rest of your life to have the spotlight, but here we go. We played psychedelic music because we love it. It's what we, you know, started listening to, and everybody else seems to love it too when you play it, especially when you make it interactive. You play it on vinyl, and
1: uh, it makes it feel so much more personal. Right, you know, it gives a touch right. to it. And damn, just to watch you guys spin vinyl. Instead of, you know, somebody playing around with their mixing board and their laptop, which we've all seen a thousand times and ain't nothing wrong with that. But then the novelty of having something, well, something new that is old. But kind one of of the, in there. It's yeah,
0: ex- exactly. But it wasn't even so much thought about to, to do it as a real thing. It was kind of just like for Amber's birthday. We we ran out this Airbnb, this really super psychedelic Airbnb from Martha. Shout out to Martha. Shout out, Shout out to Martha. Fucking, she has did. the house of three wishes out there in uh, Yucca the Valley. In Yucca Valley, and so we rented this space. And you know, we all at every party that we we do, you know, all the DJs have a slot. And so I asked Badger, said, Hey, can I just play, like some vinyl records, like in the morning? He's like, Dude, that sounds dope. And he asked if he could throw in his records too. And I said, Fuck yeah, of course. And so it just became this on-the-fly moment where we were had everybody cuddle-puddled uh, cuddle out in the living room and we're all just like... like everybody
2: grab a beer, <laughs> everyone
0: meet in the living room. Right, <laughs> and, you know, we're listening and getting down to this. And we continued it last year, but we've, in between then, done it at several parties and make it a night of just doing that. And it's always amazing. But... Yeah. Yeah. What do you have to say about it, Patrick? <laughs> uh,
3: well, I mean... Like you said, you know, we, we all kind of came from a, a classic rock background, you know, we're all kind of 90s kids, and our parents were, you know, brought in, brought in, you know, to music in the age of the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, so, you know, like, you know, obviously that got the best rubbed off now's yeah.
0: a good time to be alive yeah everybody's yeah. always like I wish I was like in the 20s but then you wouldn't have all of this shit that we've got to experience right. right you wouldn't have all of it you know we can go back and we have the choice to pick out whatever the fuck we want the good from every yeah. era and play it and it's, it's it's amazing
1: that's what I don't get you know like None of it's gone, really. None of it's gone. No. It's all still it's in fact it's all more it's all accessible documented. than ever. Yeah. It's My all God, documented Anybody in the wax. can go through yeah. And, yeah. and listen to every yeah. song yeah. that their it, mom and dad listen to. They well, don't have to buy a record or mess with vinyl or anything. And that's yeah. the
2: beauty of vinyl is it's like it's it's not it old. Physical it's like it never ages. Like you you're, you're playing it and like that's like reaching out and touching the people that recorded it. Because yeah. like there is there is one tape master tape between you and the person who recorded it yeah it's that's certainly. why i
1: wasn't allowed back at the verizon nice <laughs> to be able to kind of be here like this
0: it most definitely creates an experience rather than just like playing for necessity you know yeah
3: and part of it too is that you can't play vinyl and just like set a playlist you have to change the record out so yeah. it that's a personal feel to it too you know uh if you put on an ipod or Play music from a computer or something like that. You can just make a playlist, you know, put on Spotify or whatever. But um, with vinyl, you actually have to be involved in the music. You have to change the record or flip it, or so it's almost like listening to vinyl. You have to become kind of like a natural DJ on your own, you know, because you can't just.
1: It, it takes all those fundamental skills are really there. You can't be lacking in any of that. Yeah. That's beat matching, that's, you know, kind of figuring out a good harmony and kind of getting all those together. And, I mean, that it's just the skill that it takes to do that, match levels and all that, it's, it's impressive. I, well, like, not, I like watching you guys work.
0: Yeah, and not to mention the physical aspect of it, too, like getting a record, you know, yeah. like holding a record in your hand and seeing the artwork, like even more so than CDs, because we grew up with CDs, you know, for yeah. the most part. We grew up, like at least for me, like I always love getting CDs and looking in the books tapes, and everything like that. that. Oh, and yeah. tapes, yeah, cassette tapes. But so with records, you know, that's one way to, for at least the people that you really, truly like love and follow, listen to all the time, you know, not only is it a way to support them, but also you're just, you know, you're you're experiencing them, you're getting a feel for them. You're not just, you know, playing it all the way through. I get it when you're on the go, you've got your iPad, you got your streaming stuff. It's great. It's convenient. But there, you know, something about just as a, as a band, as a, as a musician, like having something to remember your shit by, like a physical copy. Remember, oh, yeah. like Serge was saying, I was like you gotta yeah. get that on tape, man. Well, I <laughs> think
1: I think music has become so disposable nowadays. Right. Yeah. With so many people being able to make it easier than ever, and there being such an overabundance of it all over the place, it's um, you know it, it's nice to have something like this, like a record, something that's permanent. It's there. You're you're so much more like emotionally involved with it you put it on you listen to the whole thing the way through Mm -hmm. and i mean i don't i don't listen to whole albums really anymore it's like when you know an artist puts a new album out that i like i'll listen to it once all the way through probably and then i'll pick my songs after that i was just talking
2: to amber about this last night and it's like people don't record albums with the intention of them being played front to back they're usually singles and like i do it's well, it's you did, you did. And like it's
1: noteworthy when people it's, do. A, it's unusual. Know? Like, yeah, I thought, you know, Kendrick Lamar's uh last couple albums I thought were like that's what I think sets him apart from me. Yeah. Was that, you know, so much of that was Given with so much intention, it's yeah. methodical. We were talking yeah. about
2: glass animals last night. And like, oh that's yeah, that's like like Zaba is like a, an album that you can just sit and listen to, and it takes you on a journey the whole way through. But like that's unusual. That's rare. <laughs> Badger, tell us about some of the what's, what's, this, what's this track?
1: What are we it up? Well, he's he's, uh, he, he's getting together, so he's a little bit far away from the. Badger's
2: mind. got uh, like an awesome like eclectic taste he you know like definitely pulls some classic rock and stuff
1: but he's inventing genres remember when we invented polynesian trance well, okay. there's,
0: there's some real dedication to your love of music because you i mean i love all the bands and everything that like that's one thing we relate on is like going back into the 60s and talking about like bands and specific musicians that like people most people our age don't know but we've somehow had it interest or uh you know uh put into our lives by people that were really passionate about it during their time and so it made us passionate about it. But yeah. you, like, you've got like fucking Hendrix, Cream, Dirty Bird, you got all these all tattooed on your leg, you know, like you, <laughs> there's <laughs> some fucking commitment there to this music, so that should give you a kind of gauge of the passion that you got. What that genre is this? the
1: other leg for? Uh... You saving it for... No, the,
3: the other leg's gonna be something totally different, but this leg's oh, okay. gonna be all music so I gotta get tattooed up on oh, my okay. thigh and whatnot, but... Um, Did you draw a line somewhere. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> the music, I mean, it, I went through every phase. Right. I went through, you know, growing up, my dad used to play records every weekend, pretty much, and and he would always play Cream and the Doors and Zeppelin and Thirteen Floor Elevators and like all kinds of crazy shit. And um. Then I got, I, Amber got me into like Rage Against the Machine and, his sister. and uh, like Tupac and all the 90s music, okay. you know, and I listened to Eve 6 and all that bullshit too. Um, <laughs> and then I went through like a metal phase or like the rap metal where I was into Corn and Limp Bizkit and... All that because um, I think I drew from Rage Against the Machine. That kind of opened me up to a lot a of the heavy right. stuff.
0: Well, it's also part of our time and like <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. You what know, well, was like popular at the time, yeah.
3: and then um, you know I was in a metal band and so I was really into Metallica and Pantera and Rob Zombie and Lamb of God and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I started getting into electronic music and I started going to raves and was listening to John Digweed and Chemical Brothers and crystal method and fat boy slim and all that stuff. And, uh, and just over time, I mean, I just started going through everything. And then I went through a jazz phase too. When I was in college, I took jazz appreciation and my homework assignments were to go and listen to jazz live music, mm-hmm. live jazz bands. And so, and I took two of those classes. So pretty much a whole year I was listening to primarily jazz and, uh, so, I mean, now I just draw from everything. And, and that's one, why I like the Meltdowns, because we play everything. And you're right. one of
0: the biggest blue, bluegrass buffs. I've ever oh, heard. yeah, I love bluegrass, oh, too. Oh, man, yeah, I love well, and bluegrass. It's, it's, it's very interesting what you're saying. Bluegrass. I did the same thing. <laughs> we have a very similar thing. As I went through every phase, just, like, as as a fashion sense and everything to, like, kind of fit in with different things growing right, right. up. And then you realize the older you get, though, the more and more you feel comfortable with just, like... Music is g- music. Good music is good music. Everything else yeah. sucks. And it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> what and you fucking... You know, you, you're you not ashamed whatsoever to, to fucking say, like, yeah, I fucking like this, like, random-ass bluesgrass song. Yeah, like, like, what are you listening to? Like, what's that country stuff you're listening to? You're like, this is fucking music. Listen to this. Because it either has soul and conviction, or it doesn't. Yeah. And you hit a, you it hit a
1: point where you're like your your security and you like your own self confidence like confidence sur- surpasses this area where you feel like you need to define yourself by the music that you listen to yeah. and when you kind of free yeah. yourself from those shackles instead of saying like I'm a hip-hop guy, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm into metal, I'm into this and that, yeah. and not, you know, letting yourself kind of be open to other stuff, I mean, when you when you break those chains, man, it's a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, and yeah, well, there, I mean, like there's it. just so much good music. Yeah. yeah. There's in in an genre, infinite amount of good there's, music. There's
1: no genre where
0: there's literally nobody good. Yeah. But yeah. You'll see, you're, you're like, you know, it's funny because people that probably know you in today's time if don't see your tattoos or don't talk to you about it would never know you're into this because you're like a dirty bird like every weekend you're like all the dance events and you're like just as equally passionate about that as you are about the old stuff and that's what's important that's it it shows everybody that you can you don't have to just fucking seclude or you know put yourself restrict yourself into one group and say well i'm a fucking uh psytrance artist so i only listen to psytrance or Mm -hmm. i only listen to house or i only listen to dubstep or or whatever, you can listen to everything and anything because all the best artists derive. I, I take difference.
1: back what I said earlier about there being no genre where there's no good music. Side probably actually falls into that. You know what? Hey, <laughs> okay.
3: sometimes you're you're fucked up at a rave yeah. and you uh, walk yeah. into the side room if and you're you know, like, you know what? <laughs> this is all right. Yeah, I, I can listen to this for a good, you know, like, maybe 10, 15
0: minutes and if then If you fuck happen that. to be, you know, if you happen to be awake yeah. at the hour that say they're usually playing side and you're around the people doing it. And, and enjoying it and really getting into it, then it means something. Then it then it becomes something. But if, most of the if, time I'm asleep whenever they're if we're all down.
1: wearing those parachute pants and dressed yeah. like dog oh, rabbers, you know? I used to have so and much candy.
3: That, oh man. I had so much candy. Yeah, just all like, on looking and like a
1: multicolored Michelin man just yeah. shuffling through the dance floor. Yeah, yeah okay, there, so there we is, go.
0: Well why did you pick this track though?
3: I picked this track because um I love this album. And who is it? It's Cream, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, and uh, Eric Clapton. Although that, for the most part, was um, just Jack Bruce and uh, and Ginger Baker. But um, right. just and, a few years ago, Jack Bruce actually passed away. It was very sad. But wait, um, he passed away. Yeah,
0: I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I probably like three years ago. Maybe. My memory is so fucking shot. And my like my, one of my best friends growing up, Pat, he was. Obsessed with Jack Bruce, he's a bassist. You know, yeah. like one of the bassists I know. um He actually, I think, played bass for the, the Growlers a little bit too. Um oh, really? But he he was like, you know, his own stuff and everything he's ever been influenced by was this is really heavy, just yeah, colossus people on fucking ba- and that's what this band was. You know, this band yeah was, was the first this, super group. They this called it super know? group, and I don't think that there
3: that ever has been a super. Art, group. By the way, look at that. That's. Shit.
1: That's pretty sick, dude. I and look at that the album, back though.
3: is even crazier with the eyes and oh, everything.
0: Like, That's what I'm saying, man. It's psychedelic. Uh, yeah.
3: Dude,
1: this album,
3: if you have a chance to get Wheels of Fire out that there, cream. get fucking Wheels of Fire. Where'd you get
1: yeah. this album from?
3: This, this is my dad's album. I have to confess, it's not my album. It's my dad's album. Which, but it's my dad's original fucking album from 1968. So this shit so has been
1: around. Up, it's seen a lot Papa of meltdowns. <laughs> yeah. Look up Papa Felix. Yeah, it's kind of figure out when he goes to work and when the house is open. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you'll find this album. Um, yeah. <laughs> but
0: yeah, you got Ginger Baker, Eric Clapton, you got a- a- and Jack Bruce, two yeah. jazz musicians, one blues musician form a fucking rock mm-hmm. band. And they just fucking blow everybody's minds because I don't think that as far as talent is concerned for a supergroup of three people, there's ever been one that can compare what yeah.
1: what era was this? What were we talking? 1968. Like, yeah. Okay, that was Cream.
0: So uh,
3: Cream was only around for what, like four albums? Yeah, like that? they were live they, Cream, they really live Cream Two, Wheels of Fire. Yeah. Fresh it,
0: cream. So, we all know that, you know, the Yardbirds is kind of what, like, sparked the, the, the careers for three separate Bell's guitarists who right, happened exactly. to be in the band at three different times. And that was Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, and Thank Jeff Beck. Off yeah. mic laughing at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay.
1: It's okay. I'll take it.
0: And so, Page went on to do his new Yardbirds, which ended up being, Zeppelin, as we know, yeah. Led Zeppelin. And Eric Clapton teamed up with these two. And, I mean, like, you, Jack Bruce is. It was ridiculous. Killed it. Killed it. And and as far as a drummer goes, yeah, Ginger, one of the best ever. What I I I loved about
3: them too was that they were uh, a rock band or like a a blues blues rock band. band, You know, kind of of a
0: boogie kind
1: of band. But um, Uh, they. I. I, No, sorry. I think. I think. What happened? uh, This. uh, I think this XLR is a little bit sensitive. So every once in a while, that mic cuts out. Okay. Just wiggle it a little bit. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) But as I was saying, they were one of the first like rock boogie bands um, that had a traditional jazz drummer. So it gave like a total different vibe to it. You know, he was doing like two step beats and uh, different times
0: and. Well, and, you know, he could do that. So you had drummers like Keith Moon or even John Bonham. Yeah. Which, if you took the best of both of those and combined them together, you would have a drummer like Ginger Baker, where Keith Moon was just an animal, like, literally yeah. animal from the Muppets. and go crazy and still kind of getting in time completely, where Ginger Baker was trained to do that kind of crazy playing and still be in time and jazz time signatures, you know? Yeah. And, and then you had, like, you know, John Bonham was obviously great as fuck. Amazing, but but, power, but but Ginger Baker was so underrated. Like, you know, he the the people that really, really know, know he's one of the best, but like, automatically, when you ask uh, most people, like, oh, John Bonham, yeah, John Bonham, and and I love John Bonham, He, he is one of my favorite drummers. But the the talent and just the you know, madness of that can come out of a drum set from fucking Ginger Baker is unlike any other.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, okay, we I'm go. getting such an education. Applebee's gonna play something now. Yeah. What what is this Applebee? Yeah. yeah
2: so we got Judy Blue Eyes. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, by, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, so this track actually is a track that reminds me of my parents, uh, my mom especially. She was a huge Crosby, I am Stills, Nash, uh, fan, and, I am yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You yeah, slow. I just started getting into them so much more because I didn't appreciate them when I was a little younger. I thought there wasn't enough of that raw, guitar, you know, super group stuff, but the, the harmonies vocally, I don't think, you know, if you can name maybe like the Beach Boys or like some other, like, uh, like who else, like the Everly Brothers, or not the, not the Everly, Righteous Brothers, or... Or maybe I can't even think of it off the top of my head right now. But as far as harmonies goes, you can't match these guys. You know, Simon and Garfunkel. Maybe, but that's yeah, about it. The yeah. yeah. Like, this was one of
1: my first introductions to kind of music from the seventies as well. Also coming from my mom, who was a giant He Used to play this all the time for me.
2: You know, my dad was more into Cream. He was more into and then later Aerosmith and like kind of the harder stuff. You know, but my mom was a huge James Taylor fan. And uh, um, you know, and, and I, you know, I have a very limited uh, repertoire of songs that I can play on guitar. And like a James Taylor song, you know, like "Fire and Rain," is, like one of those songs that I learned early on. Exactly. You know, um, and in the same way. I like to play this song. I have played it a couple of times at our meltdowns, but um, I, I like to do it because it, it's it's that, kind that of that song
1: is fun. particularly particularly powerful. I uh, you know I had a very beloved aunt who passed away about a few years ago, and they asked me to put together her memorial video. And so instead of you know all the classic you know songs that you hear across all of them, I chose Fire and Rain. And everybody's like. Ooh. Everybody afterwards was Just like, I thought I was prepared for that, but when I heard James Taylor come on, just like all the emotions, it's like really in that song, just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, that, uh, it's cool. It's, to, it's
2: cool to like, on. like have this, like, like you and I like do video work, and and it's it's fun to like, uh, to mix in music with that sort of like multimedia stuff. Oh,
1: know? absolutely. I, it's so important to just establishing a mood for anything and anybody
2: well and and it's great because like you were just telling me about like the memorial video like i i did a video it's not a memorial video but i i I did it for our group of friends you know a a quick like recap of 2016 yeah that was amazing thank you and it was a great video by (laughs) the way i but i there's a track on there that will now forever be like like the song of that year for me you know, it's a, a taiko song. If we play some if we play some electronic music later I'll I'll definitely put that on. But
1: uh, I, think I, I think that should be Yeah. I, I brought it with me today, so <laughs> yeah, we should definitely run the full gamut, like let everybody know kind of what you know? What this whole show is about—the meltdown. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's not usually my stupid ass making dumb comments over it. It's usually shoot two, three guys kind of well, really just setting that mood and making it cool. You know? What's funny is
2: like we usually play this at a party, so there is dumb commentary over it, and like it's, yeah, it's kind of a shame that we don't get to capture that because we do record it sometimes, but it,
1: you know. But you just get the set, not like the set. the ambiance. You know, the full yeah. the full kind of. Uh,
2: the, the, music, of what's going on. the music becomes so much part of like
1: what the conversation becomes and, and, and the conversation. absolutely as as because go. it is so like it's not meant to kind of really blend super well into the background. It's kind of meant to drive, you know, the mood party and, and the conversations as well as they comes through yeah. Yeah. Not always sing alongs, but I mean I'm not gonna be able to stop myself right now when we get to the.
0: This just takes me back to Woodstock so much, like even though I've never been to Woodstock. I was gonna say, how talking- was Woodstock? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I never told when this me, when this you. This one uh, DMT trip that I had. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> it Bro Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> I blasted <laughs> off at Woodstock. No, really, that. Josh, Gus, and Maya hanging out. It was like, Jimmy,
1: Jimmy,
3: <laughs> you're alive, man. The no. DMT there was so, so sick.
0: <laughs> the documentary film that they made for it though was so legit that like it's hard for you not to feel as though you were there in some sort of way when watching it. That was one of the things that I remember for a while. I, that's like all I watched back and forth back from, like start to finish like just go back and watch them and, and really like I, I still don't think, just even with all the festivals that we've ever gone to, to today, you know, that anything has ever matched anything like that song, in in terms of be just... Because now it's expected, you know, like they have big events to throw these things, and that was just like a fucking clusterfuck. They're just like, come out and watch all these bands, and it was like a, you know... Yeah. 200,000 people, was it? The, uh, I think was more people? than that, like three, like... Yeah, it was yeah, a quarter of a million. Like yeah. half yeah. a million people or something that like that, is what they said. Yeah, it was
3: yeah. just a ton of
0: people. Yeah. I mean like that's on the scale of Coachella. Yeah, it's about the same
3: size. Right. But, but, yeah. but imagine, but imagine all at once. Coachella is twenty thousand. Way yeah. less control.
0: Way less control. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's. Yeah. All the fans just
3: like parking on the road. Uh, this right. isn't Golden no, Voice know. people. Like when you're like you're
0: in there, there's no way to get out. Like you, you know, I mean in terms of like driving or or whatever, you've got to just ride the wave, ride the storm, and that's what it was. You know, it was a psychedelic trip, you know. Whether you were on drugs, which most of those motherfuckers were, whether you were on acid fine, you know, and experiencing getting turned on, you had to experience something of life of just letting go, being free, you know, people just truly like just Living the way that they felt that they should in that moment, being naked, running through the mud, fucking, just you know, meeting random strangers when you know before <laughs> AIDS and shit, before you could just kind of do whatever you want and get away with it too. The you know free love, it was amazing. So. You know, it's funny because um,
2: we think of that as like a, a distant time and place, and yeah, maybe it wasn't distant-ish time. It doesn't feel that way when we listen to this music, but it actually wasn't that far. away way i mean Brilliant. woodstock was but but we we have like such a rich history of psychedelic rock music and the whole 60s movement right, right here yeah. in orange county yeah in fact orange county was an epicenter of it that never really got talked about much like laguna canyon it was very interesting yeah was was the heart of that of with that the acid movement yeah um, like orange sunshine the book yep. we've all read like it it happened that in laguna was... canyon there was a an, a party that they did in Laguna
0: Canyon where...
1: Yes, I'm, I'm aware of this. That was the beginning. Oh, shit. Well, that was,
0: you know, there, there was stuff going on at, simultaneously up in the north, up in San Francisco like Ken area. Ken Kesey and like... Ken Kesey starting the Band, who arguably, you know, the, the with the Grateful Dead, they would say that that's like the origin of, you know, the hippie movement and such and, and you know, really exploring. But there was a whole movement going on down here that you know wasn't as, as recognized and it's for a reason. They kind of kept it a secret. John Griggs being that you know it was a group that was selling and manu- you know, manufacturing and selling this acid and getting it out there. So obviously they're not as as much of a promoting it as someone like Ukeenkezi who could just afford to get it and, and you know and just talk about his experiences and stuff. Yeah. I mean this song right here. I didn't really know that. That's yeah, I mean. I mean there's there's so much history there that t- to it. It's amazing because we read. you There
2: was the there was the music festival they threw where, where, where I don't know how many people, a hundred thousand people were there.
0: And the police tried
2: to shut it down. It's actually the origin of the DEA was started in Laguna Beach. Really? Yeah. The the the, the police chief, the police chief who was uh, who made it his mission to sort of crack down on, on this LSD, uh, you know, um, uh, marijuana, Every, everything. You know, like yeah. There, there were like three. No, he was. He was. He was the first Mark, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he uh, he he started. He, he started this police force, which later got... Uh, brought into the FBI, and then from there it became its own agency, the DEA. Damn. But um, wait, so
1: that was centralized out of Lacuna? It I always start the story before from the federal level going yeah, down. Yeah. Before you know, how,
2: before it got to the federal level, it was local, and it was a it like, was this guy who was yeah. chasing down John Griggs and the other guys who were were making orange sunshine and they were selling a bunch of hash that they we were getting from Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, Mostly man.
0: selling hash. Yeah. And they were giving out as much acid as they could. They sold it, but they definitely. Their, their goal was to turn the world on and man. so they did distribute like it was it's there's a lot of crazy stuff so, so definitely go read man. orange sunshine by Nicholas Sand uh, cuz they'll uh, you know the that, that's his name, that's yeah, his, name. Yeah, yeah okay i
1: guess orange county Make yard always has just been just being the universe too
0: Orange County's, you know, were the haven for good music, That's popular, aliens, you know, all kinds of shit. It's, it's well,
2: Laguna Beach wasn't always, like, the artist mecca that it is today. Like, <laughs> this is actually what started it. Right. Um, it yeah, was basically. very conservative back then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: you wow. know,
2: and, and so they had this this music festival there. 100,000 people were there. The police shut tried to shut it down and essentially all they could do was shut
0: traffic down,
2: which <laughs> meant that these people were all stuck in Laguna Canyon. Because yeah. if you've ever been to Laguna Canyon, there's only one way in and one way out. And that's yeah. exactly where
0: I had my first psychedelic trip, like as I was telling you, so that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And there was a, uh, they, they got the Trump this, approach to this, they got
2: this prop plane that they flew over the party, <laughs> and, and they pushed bad. out like a thousand cards, like greeting cards. And on the greeting card
0: was a single yeah. tap about this <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
1: Yeah. that was incredible I, I love that story it's
0: almost like when you read it you're like yeah, that's that made up that didn't happen I'm gonna read that to my kids there, there, was, a, really
2: bed. there was a woman who literally gave birth at that music festival the <laughs> <Like, laughs> like coolest kid ever Yeah, I, because
0: it, they were stuck there for three days <laughs> Like they couldn't get out Another, I mean, so like Badger, before ever getting into psychedelics myself and understanding what that truly meant, I loved all of this music for a much different reason. You know, I was yeah. getting into guitar, I was getting into playing stuff. So you just appreciate appreciate the musicianship of it. You know, you you learn the history of these, you look at them as rock stars. Not really about all the other stuff that they went through. And so for me, the Doors was definitely one of those. Pieces. Those bands, you know. I, I remember the kid across the street from me that was a skateboarder. He was older, and I looked up to him because he was really good. He had an organ, and he would play like when the music's over, the intro to that all the time.
1: And so he got me in the doors.
0: Go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying that's that's that's. Sweet. You know, yeah. I,
1: when I went to uh, when I went to Paris last, I made it a point to go to Jim Morrison's grave, and. You know, it's it's amazing going into going into the main, you know, the, the that central graveyard in the middle of Paris because it's crazy ass it's graveyard. It's awesome. It's so dope. It's like we what the movies, like that. yeah, are like made after. Yeah, you know? I'm just like, oh, this isn't a prop. Like this is real. There's all these like creepy stuff. I didn't know you like did that. that. I do. Fuck I that, loved that. I thought. I did that too, and I thought that that's like, you know. That was one of my favorite experiences in Paris, was going, was just going to the graveyard. And then seeing Jim Morrison's grave, which was probably the most unassuming one out of all of them there. Like Oscar Wilde and shit. But it was all so beautifully decorated by the people that had come to really make it set apart. Because around it, there's there's like a gate around it, so you can't get in and fuck with it. But, you know, there's, there's. Like, you know, different wristbands, and there's a, a tree full of gum. Like, there's all these little, like, you know, things that were left by fans and, you know, people whose, uh, you know, who the door's whose lives been touched. Wow, that was a sentence. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, that that, almost, that made it the most beautiful to me out of all yeah. the ones that I saw there. I mean, yeah. some of the more elaborate ones, you know, you have, like, Oscar Wilde out there, but to me, Jim Morrison, I think, was, yeah. of course, personally, probably Especially the best. Especially because the ending but, of the movie
0: is like that. They, it's in the graveyard, and the showing is, is gravestone. I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> well, it's OK. It. But you know, this song, it, to choose a door song that like I would want to play would be so difficult. But for some reason, this one in the past years, like the past three years, Especially because this was the only non-house song too they played at Desert Hearts this past one. They played it like at four in the morning. I was in my tent and I woke up, or like five in the morning, and I woke up and I was like, (laughs) they are playing. And they played it exactly like this. It wasn't even a house version of it. It was just literally like the straight up full song or, you know, uh, the electric piano solo and fucking everything. And It's so fucking psychedelic. It just puts me on the road when I'm driving and listening to that song in a completely different world. I don't even know how to explain it. but. I, I truly think that this was one of the ones that defines uh, psychedelic music for me, too. Riders on the Storm. Because, essentially, if you're going to do a deep trip, you're riding in that fucking storm. You know, you got to learn how to ride through it and survive it, and then come out with some understanding about something.
1: You know, one of the most incredible experiences of my life was uh, just driving up to San Francisco. Like, in the middle of the night, it's like, you know, 4 in the morning, just everything out there is asleep, it's dead quiet, you know. And then a storm kind of came in, like uh, you know, partially rain, lots of lightning. And we're not taking the main highway up; we're taking like back roads and stuff like that because the main highway was pretty clogged up. And so it's just like trees and just complete darkness, just lit up by lightning every once in a while. There's rain coming down, and uh, we're a little high. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Hi, he goes from uh, my buddy who's you know doing all the music goes from Led Zeppelin to to the Doors and all that. And I was like. Damn, just driving down this country road in the middle of a storm, like listening to all this kind of classic, like, just letting all that wash over you. It was one of the most like kind of unassuming yet impactful moments in your life. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys ever get this, but do you ever have like like one, you know, thing, like a little like three second vignette that just pops into your head every once in a while. Absolutely. You know, a little a little image. Something that just it sticks with you forever.
0: All the time. And that's <laughs> one
1: of them for me, you yeah. know. And that is forever tied to this song and uh, some other Pink Floyd stuff that really yeah. right there. But, those, but It was, it was so sick. Those memories yeah. you'll have the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah, I like that. My song that I chose also had a, a significant moment that Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. This is from White Pony. So you guys have like, that's like something that I missed out on or missed over when I was like listening to music like Deftones and, and certain aspects of like the 90s. Yeah. So what 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 are you you know
3: what does what this mean to you? I mean, de- I got into what? Deftones when I was getting into metal, um, like. Uh, around the fur and adrenaline that was like their early stuff Um, but I had this album this came out I think 2000 or 2001 and uh, it was just a great album and so then I started listening to some of their earlier stuff and it was a lot heavier Um, but I mean I just saw them maybe like a year ago and it was still just as heavy and as good as ever yeah. And this is a band that's been around since like 90, 1990, so oh, sure. it's right. so like 27
0: years, you know, like 25-year yeah. career, you Yeah, know, that's yeah. that's pretty solid. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I know one song that was like their popular song, and it was like really slow or whatever, but I, I just never I never listened to it, but this sounds pretty dope. I do like the, the time signature on the drums. Yeah very like mars voltage too.
2: It's funny when when I when I first heard about the death Jones like, I think I had an idea in my head that they were like way too like heavy metal for me, like I like, really before I actually listened to them, like I, and I, I think I'd heard maybe one or two tracks and I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's too much for me." But like when you actually listen to their music, it's especially this song, it's like it's incredibly
0: melodic and it's incredibly like
3: it has a very soft soft kind of side to it. I kind
0: of thought it would be like the origin of emo. No? It is kind of, though. It is kind it is. of, but without yeah. the, the the redundant... I don't know, I kind of felt that this is still... It's got more of an elegance than I think emo ever had. You like know? a real darkness, not like a fucking, oh, this is, I'm going to pretend I'm like dark sort of yeah, 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 exactly. That sort of, just it's it's not as fresh. whiny as it is like, uh, yeah. like emo can be, but it's kind of like the origin of that, you know, emotional darkness that a lot of people identify with. And especially in the 90s, I mean... Right,
2: like right.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like a, like, a, like a real darkness versus like a 13-year-old sort of darkness. You know, which is also dark. There's a lot to be said that's beautiful about that genre, too, but, you know, you yeah. can't compare Hopper uh, Heights and Nine Inch
3: Yeah, Yeah, that is true. But I think, I mean, I think everybody in high school listens to a little bit of heavier music and darker music, you know?
1: I was just gonna say that, like... All those genres are still popular. Yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say though, like, I don't
2: think pop music or, like, contemporary music that kids listen to in high school today, I don't think that it's it's as dark as the music that we used to listen to. Like, I think in the 90s, like, grunge and, like, you know, even Nirvana and, like, all that stuff, like, it... It was it, it was just darker. We had a darker, bleaker outlook on things. Like now you've got like uh, you know this electronic happy music that makes you feel. You know
1: you've got. Very, this like, is where I hesitate to speak like with a from a position of authority on this one because like I know when I was in high school and we were listening to you know screamo and hardcore and that whole thing. Adults and people who are just even, you know, five ten years older than us, I feel like they didn't really, you know, know what we were playing and listening to and stuff like that. That's true. And they're assuming that at that time we're all listening to uh, Britney Spears and shit yeah, like that. Sure. I'm like, no, sure. I never had a Britney Spears album. How dare you fucking make those sweeping generalizations? This is why nobody likes old people. You're all gonna die. So I'm well, I'm trying not to be that old person now that I'm on the other side of the coin. Would here. you
2: say that Kanye West uh, is the Britney Spears of this generation? No
1: way. No. 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 So, I will, I will defend Kanye West. <laughs> I love Till I die. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love Kanye. Oh my god. I'm down to have that debate, <laughs> dude, Kanye, what you cannot—he is the biggest douchebag of all time. Right. And yeah. a, a kind of a shitty human being. But his but beats guy, so tight. <laughs> His music is some of the most it, like it's forever changed the landscape of hip hop. And he I did. Think he has had like fucking six uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, classic all-time albums. You know. Right. And he's had a, he's had a few misses in there. But man, like, you can't, like... I'd say
3: maybe
1: two. I can't even stay super mad at him when he's like, I'm the genius, I'm the greatest of all time. So I'm like, fuck, like, he can kind of make that argument for being (laughs) that fucking good. So, yeah, I think that,
0: you know, uh, everything you're saying about that is true. But I think that going... One of the things that I've noticed about our generation of people, right? We... Our, I feel like music, obviously, with trends and everything, recycles itself. But we are kind of, even though it's electronic music and there's a lot more like, different stuff, it's kind of like we're back in the 60s, this like, explorative age. And I think that the reason why that's, that, that I say we've come full circle is because I think we're the first generation of people where it's actually cool to know and like music that your grandparents listen to. Where like every other generation that preceded us was like, oh, that's my parents' music. I don't like that. <laughs> and then they said that about their parents' music. Yeah. You know? And not like saying that nobody liked Elvis or, or whatever, but for the most part, as far as the way society was, like, people were very much into the trends of their time. And right now, it's just this big old fucking smorgasbord of like all-time music, everything being blended together and thrown together that kind that's of creates new The amount of sampling and things thing, ground, yeah.
1: it's, pretty, it's pretty great, you know?
0: And so, I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, you didn't,
1: didn't Pitbull sample Sweet Judy Blue Eyes? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, or, dale! Or, <laughs> wait, who was it? Oh, no, wait. It was, um... Oh, fuck. Oh, no, I think it was Cypress Hill. They had a track that sampled that. Which really? song? Sweet Judy Blue Eyes.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they that's did. Right, that's right. Was it like... We're getting into the book. No, it was a little no, guitar it like, lick.
1: It was like, uh. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, dun gotcha, I got gotcha. I got See, and that's another thing know. in itself. <laughs> they start singing in Spanish. <laughs> it's, you know, people when they look at that, like when they were looking at what Dr. Dre or any producers were doing back in, you know, when they were first getting into sampling for hip hop music. It's easy for them to say, oh, they're not creating their own music. No, they're just fucking defi- – they're creating a whole new different style of music Sorry. to show what we're capable of doing by every, taking all of this shit.
1: Every single artist without exception for the last 300 years has been standing on the shoulders of giants. Right,
0: right. definitely. There's
1: some level of borrowing well, going on. I mean, you look at not.
3: people like Pretty Lights and Grizz and um, you know some of those artists nowadays that heavily sample yeah. – um, They are so creative about it, much more because of technology. You know, technology is so advanced now that it allows you to be more creative.
1: Mm -hmm. You're not
3: just chopping it up. You're adding effects and filters and, you know, looping it and all kinds of shit. You you can
1: mold all of this nostalgia into, um, you know, a beat that follows one, you know, one cohesive story and things like that. And so you can mix in like, you know, I remember at, uh, was it? It was Woogie or it was uh, Desert Hearts, where Lee Reynolds mixed in like some Cure, like remix from like that. I was mm-hmm. like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, I want to hear something. It, it. It. it
0: could have very well been the mm-hmm. Cure. He definitely is into like the '80s stuff for sure, because that was of his time, you know. And he's yeah. And I think one of my favorite things that I heard, I was at Eclipse and like, and, you know, you hear this all the time with DJs doing it, but like when they did uh, Pink Floyd's uh, Another Brick in the Wall, it was mm-hmm. just like, you know. You, You can listen to house music over and over again. They obviously put on a great party, but there was something about being there at that moment when they were playing that specific song, Mm -hmm. and everybody in the whole fucking place, like the energy there, like it was just so Mm -hmm. fucking like just you know electrifying. It was like I think I think one of the I've heard this song a billion times, but I love it right
1: now. Yeah, one of the beautiful things about you know electronic music, just in general, is that it can be that blank canvas. Canvas. Oh canvas. The, the canvas. <laughs> Put your brush on the canvas. <laughs> Sorry, I skipped my breakfast bag a morning <laughs> <laughs> Those are trees. It, it can be a blank canvas to like project make all them these birds. other things on there, and, like these these cultural touchstones, which are these like you know pop songs that we all know. You no. know, when somebody mixes in, like, some queen in the middle of, like, their, their the house macarina. set, you're just like, holy fuck, everybody just drops what they're doing. Yeah. And we're you've got 50,000 people at the same time knowing all the words of Bohemian Rhapsody kind of going through.
0: Well, it's so crazy that you said that, that, Queen specifically, because you just mentioned Grizz, you mentioned Queen, and earlier today I was listening, I was watching some stupid movies called The Babysitter. Um, it's like a new Netflix movie. It's, oh it's really yeah, techie. I saw that. It's it's alright.
1: I mean, it's, that's it's, the one that has the 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 picture is like the back of the chick, and she's yeah. holding a knife it's, and a sandwich. It's but just, there's two right hands. Yeah. <laughs> just it, go look at yeah. it again. It's yeah. two right hands yeah. right. that are holding the knife and sandwich. Okay, sorry. Go on. So
0: I'm not spoiling anything about the plot or anything, but they play uh, "We Are the Champions" at the end of the movie, and I can remember back to. Um, my favorite grizz performance that i've ever seen was over at lightning in a bottle the first year that i went and he played that as his closing song we are the champions and mm-hmm. everybody was just like yeah. fucking like going crazy and here i i met this I, I didn't say it but i met him like last week before he uh <laughs> yeah your <Tric> gallery right <laughs> I, or, I don't
1: think you said this on the show right no i think you he
0: ended up coming so like he came in well first of all it was his guitar player first that came into the gallery the day that he was going to play at What's the it? observatory Muzzyberry, yeah I didn't and, and I felt bad because I didn't know who he was he was talking to me about music and stuff and here I was like you know t- talking like as if you know I was kind of you know sharing my, my shit but it, little did I know that this guy is actually the guitar player for, for Grizz and he's you know doing big things and so I was like oh fuck yeah you know because I said I, I was the one who said well Grizz is playing tonight and he said yeah I'm here with him Oh, cool. Makes sense. <laughs> right that and makes it, sense. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, because we're right down the street from the observatory. Cool. And so he was like, all right. They're, they're, super humble dude. He left. And then 20 minutes later, Grizz walks in, just, like, looking at Dr. <laughs> Seuss paintings and shit. And I'm, he's, like, talking to me. So unassuming because, you know, he's so, like, calm and quiet and, like, super humble, like, in, in, in real life. When you see him on stage, not to say that I think he's he doesn't wouldn't come off as humble in real life but like you know he's getting down he's, yeah, a he's like a party monster he's, partying. Yeah. he's, there. he's yeah. like performing the life of he's that performing part. but when you see him and made him in real life he was kind of almost like shy and it's just amazing to see that because he i didn't i didn't creep him out or i didn't try to get a photo with him or anything like that It was just like oh you ready for your show tonight and he was like almost taken back by it. he was kind of like what and then he, he I said oh yeah yeah and i told him like, i love your music so oh, thank you and he introduced himself as not by his stage name by Grant, his real name, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, those those kind of experiences, like, are amazing. When you don't have to fucking pull out your phone and be like, hey, like, this, you know, I'm with this you guy right now. You keep it professional
1: and you keep it there. You know, yeah. and you've got to imagine that they probably, maybe not at Grizz level, Grizz's level, but everybody kind of appreciates just kind of being treated as human and having that like that real interaction
0: well because and, I had that real moment like yeah. I was telling you with that song yeah that's like that's awesome bottle. like I'm gonna remember that forever is like this really you know this moment like I saw you know some at a festival the way that you know people would have seen Jimi Hendrix back at Woodstock or something back in the day or somebody else that they and mm-hmm. you know not comparing legendary statuses or anything like that I'm just saying that he is you know, one of the biggest contenders on the bills for, for yeah, music I, festivals. I I'm
2: gonna play a track here in a second, but uh, while we're on the subject of Grizz, uh, you know, like like he he's actually an un- unusual and unique performer um, today when it comes to electronic artists because he recorded all of his samples. <laughs> Excuse <me>. He recorded <laughs> all his samples in Detroit uh, with with you know session instrument your know, session musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like his 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 um, you know, someone will go back and pull a pull like a sample from, you know, Nina Simone or whatever, like, and and yeah. put it into their song, and like that's gonna be their 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 mix. But for Grizz, he actually like you know plays plays you know a, a saxophone. And he like has like
1: and it's incredible.
2: Yeah, and and he actually has all these musicians come into the studio in Detroit. They're all Detroit locals, mm-hmm. and like there's a there's an appreciation for the 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 technical side the craft of like playing the song and recording the song and and actually that kind of leads into what i want to play next sorry uh i it's a it's a track from fleetwood mac and um one one of the things that struck me about this song uh you know i I guess i rediscovered it uh fairly recently and it's just the mastering of the of the audio in this track so i'm going to turn it up a little bit so that we can listen to the beginning but um it's it's something that you don't ever see these days because there's so much focus on mixing and sampling and all that stuff. You don't you don't see like how something sits in the track. So or one, hear it. Yeah. yeah. So and,
1: with this one in particular, what do you what do you what should we be listening for when so you put it on?
2: It's right at the beginning. You're gonna hear you know you're gonna hear the the keys and the bass and it's all gonna come in and it's it's like each instrument, including the vocals, sits in its own space within the track. And you think you're listening to it and it feels like it fills the entire like sonic spectrum Mm -hmm. but then her voice comes in and it has its own like nest that just like it, and it like it completely fills the sound so if you if you listen to this on good speakers or even bad speakers just turn it up and see if you can hear what i'm talking about i
1: think you've showed me this that's, before that's that's a deal man
0: you've showed me this yeah. before we talked about this
2: bro a tear to my eye
3: <laughs> oh shit
0: yep right this is It's hard to really compare like Stevie Nicks' vocals. You to, know that this song's super impactful though when you know like six <laughs> like, that are our age. Like you know that there's like like within your vicinity of like friends, you know, you've got six like Rihannins, like you know that their parents were fucking hippies that like named them that because of this fucking song. You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's funny, when she was performing this back in the mid-70s, um, she would actually introduce the song, she would say, this is a song about a Welsh witch, and then she'd go into <laughs> it, like, and, and it's funny because, like, the, the studio recording is, is one thing, but, but to have heard her, and you can go on YouTube and see some videos of her doing this live,
3: but or you could be Amber and Mackenzie and, like, and go see, see them at fucking Dodger Stadium. <laughs> right?
2: But, but uh. to have seen her in like 1976 playing this song, it's it's uh, it, to quote Mick Fleetwood, he said that when when Stevie would play when Stevie would do her version of Rhianon, uh during that time, it was like watching an exorcism on stage.
1: It's heard like. People.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Like like she the rock vocals that she brings to it, the grittiness, the like realness, but she I don't know, I mean, you, you don't get that. You don't get that
1: today. It, yeah, she really does have this truly unique kind of voice that, that adds a lot to it. One of the few I think artists of all time who can for some reason be shoehorned into the third season of American Horror Story for no good goddamn reason. And me to not even be mad about it. I'm like, well, there's everybody else, but. Stevie Nicks,
0: yeah. Yeah, Stevie Nicks, my dad even was like. I remember, like, growing up and not being one of the ones that my dad liked, and it was. My, sorry, my dad and I are so different, but, like, the fact that he was in there too. You know, that this is just yeah. an all around, like, bad bitch. Like, she's just <laughs> like, sorry for. The, the disrespectful term, I guess, if that's disrespectful, I, I but it. I mean that in the most endearing way possible. She's, yeah. you know, like she was one of the like the ones that people from all across the board are just like turned on to, kind of like a, you know, a, like a Grace Slick or something, you know, and, and from the from Jefferson Airplane. But um, she was definitely um, somebody who just captivated you with that raw, real, unadulterated like. Wiccan, hippie style, you know, yeah. like it's just, you know, moved you.
1: <laughs> I had a similar moment with my father. He's not, you know, a music guy or an artist of any shape, but, you know, we did, we weren't able to bond over, like, his one musician that he absolutely loved, which was Bowie. Oh, fuck, yeah. God. So, uh, okay, you know, if you gotta pick one to really been into, like... That's a good choice. It's like the only concert he's ever been to.
3: Right.
1: Like, or like, as a kid, it was the only one he ever went to. Like, in his like, you know, concert going years. And since, I mean, him and my mom got to see Crosby Stills and Nash and, uh, uh, who else? Oh, the Eagles. I saw them like last year. And I was insanely jealous. And they're like, what? You know who they are? I'm like, God damn it, mom. I don't, like, my knowledge didn't start from anything that happened from 1990 on. Like,
0: it's It's frustrating because I definitely know so much more than my parents do about the music of their
1: era and their time too.
0: But they have their specific things that I don't know about, like, yeah. you know, from what they were into,
1: but... Well, I mean, my mom my mom knows yeah. bread songs a lot better than I do, you know? <laughs> Dude, that's
0: funny. My mom loves bread. Oh, She's yeah. Like, I love bread. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I like bread, and like, like okay. That's I mean, the thing.
1: Whenever people say that we're, like, born in the wrong generation, it's because bands like Bread and bands like the Monkees kind of just leave the public consciousness if you give them enough time. So, all of this you know, very popular right now, but very kind of uh, uh, low low hanging fruit, this kind of uh, low concept music that's like at the top of the charts. Honestly, in 10, 20 years, give it some time. It's gonna go away. And people are only gonna remember the shit that was like actually legitimately incredible from Check this age right now. The and then man. you'll have a bunch of 13 year olds in uh, 2050 going, man, I should have been born in the late 90s because that's when music was perfect and blah blah blah, blah. Right. and the cycle no will continue on well. Well
0: you know one of the reasons why I chose this track was because even though it was of the era of so much of the hippie movement and so much of everything that I love and stand for, it's still very different. Because you would assume that by listening to this music, and listening to everything that this guy, Frank Zampa is, you would assume that, you know, he was on drugs. Or he was this crazy, like, you know, psychedelic person. He never did drugs. didn't drink. He smoked cigarettes, that was it. He didn't drink, didn't smoke, or didn't do any drugs. He was just naturally tripped out and a musical genius and kind of, sh- you know, shed a different, uh, well, just listen Don't to the guitar solo real quick. That, tell that me mustache
1: that does not strike me as the mustache of a sober person, but, you know, more power to him, man.
0: Right on. So, yeah, this, I mean, listen to this guitar track, you know, it's just... Super. He, he, was, he As was, the kids say, hit slaps. He was a, an amazing, comp- like, brilliant composer, super fucking, just new music. He could play it, too, and he was just, he wasn't afraid to say exactly what he felt no matter what, like, no matter how unpopular it was, you know, and he, he went on and, and talked shit to a bunch of... <laughs> Political commentators during the fucking have time when they were trying to talk about said, during the Reagan era when they were talking about like out, censorship, or, you know, for music and take our your
1: parental advisory and shit You know, I mean, now. I always love yeah. putting all of these things in their right. proper historical context. Yeah. And yeah. you no. when you realize these are protest the songs. These are songs that were so in that. Day. There were songs all that have, were so much bigger than themselves because they, you know, they transcended these things and they in the
0: entire. Mm. And I apologize right now to anybody out there who's listening who wants to try to listen to the words because we're talking over it, but, you know, we're going to put all the songs uh, out there so you guys can go ahead and check what they are out.
1: But you know, one of the reasons why also, yeah. Also, uh, there's a thing as copyright law, and yeah. this typically falls under fair use. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So you all understand.
3: We're we're making our
1: own.
0: We're ship. making our own shit, <laughs> and this <we laughs> is no longer all rights go to Frank Zappa and the mothers of uh, invention. But. Fucking, 10% song,
1: of the proceeds from today's show. It's <laughs> go to Frank Zappa. So. Yeah. Now is that a real poncho or is that the reason why song? I like this oh, song man. too is
0: because, you know, don't you know as funky and groovy it is, money as it is. He's basically talking shit about so don't you all the jive all, all the bullshit that's out there relating the to the jive turkeys relating to the spiritual movement. And that's very irrelevant to today. So I love all my healers, I love all my people out there that do some dope shit in the way of trying to stay woke or whatever you want to say, there are a lot of people out there that are full of shit. And he's so there's a lot of come, jive out there. There's a lot of jive out and there. And
1: we need a Frank Zappa mm. to come correct.
0: Well, yeah, that's exactly what that song was. It's yeah, just to bring like, in mm-hmm. some heavy guitar mm.
1: and make everybody come to their senses. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm. As you can uh, as you can hear, we play a lot of different kinds of music. Uh, I'm not sure what the fuck Apple is playing this, right I now. I think this I think this But uh, Was
1: this the uh this is the humpback whale? Yeah, I know this is oh, the humpback whale song. Oh,
3: I stand corrected. <laughs> Excuse this me. This is my
1: shit. All right, it's the humpback whale freestyle.
3: We dig uh whale sounds. What you, say? Oh, you ever want to get a funny look from yeah, somebody? Go into a record store and ask them if they have whale sounds. <laughs> <laughs> they are like, "What?" It's like, I "Yeah, mean, do you have a uh, spoken word and maybe some animal noises?" Or uh, sir, this
1: is a Starbucks. Yeah, I don't um, know. Why we sell even come up. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the Corinne Bailey Ray album from 2004, we've got that, and mm-hmm. that is it. Dude. You guys
0: gotta do. We gotta do like uh, some Grinch stuff, like during Christmas Meltdown or something.
3: Yeah, Play I would love to do a Christmas. A I have so much fucking Christmas music, it would it would blow your mind. I have like almost a whole shelf of just Christmas music. Oh man, how the best! So still we could do. uh, We could do a great Christmas Meltdown. I want to do like a Christmas. Meltdown jingle and balls and all have, kind of yeah, that.
0: like just not that just boring shit that everybody always plays though, like the, like the Grinch, yeah. or like songs like that. What is this? Fuck yeah. Is this Dave Matthews' band? Is it? <laughs> no. No. Oh. <laughs> no. This Too is
3: bad the, it isn't. <laughs>
2: this
0: is the masterful Jeff Buckley um,
2: playing Last Goodbye on the only studio album he ever recorded. Um, Jeff Buckley is actually listed as the... Uh, Rolling Stones, number 39 best musical artist of all time.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, and
2: he only ever recorded one studio album. Um, are you yeah. going to go
0: and tell us something like that without us wanting to go look up what the other fucking <laughs> are? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, while he was writing the demos for the second studio album that he was going to record, uh, he actually died in a, a terrible accident, a drowning... Um, he was...
1: Uh, yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, no, that's the next song we're gonna play. <laughs> um, no, uh, he he was actually um, uh, he was swimming in the Mississippi River, uh, fully clothed, wearing his shoes, closing everything, and he wasn't found for like two days. His bandmates were supposed to join him that night to record. And, that
1: um, is a hit if I have ever heard one. <laughs> oh no, he went swimming fully clothed, and then he must have fell in on a gun twice. Well, uh,
2: <laughs> and and it was crazy because there there was uh, like a roadie was actually there with he was, him he went He was for sure killed
1: by whoever number 38 is. And like they like, even know, the what, songs, right they even know what song they even know what song
2: he was listening to or he was singing. He was singing at the top of his lungs when he went into the water. They know what song that was. And like. He, he he jumps in and the guy was distracted and a boat came by and, and then he was gone. They were looking for him all night and they couldn't find him. And
1: like three days later, he's gone. And, yeah. They know they know what he was singing while swimming.
2: He was singing as he was jumping into the water fully clothed. But yeah.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: It's crazy. I mean, like, like, damn. If you if you've ever listened to Jeff Buckley, he's he's got. He's got a masterful voice. It's like, it's insane. And to think that he only gave us one album before he died is like, Yeah, I, I, I know
1: I've heard the name, but this is, I didn't really know the music. This is, this is beautiful.
2: Yeah, he was a session guitarist in L.A. for a little while, and then um, when he recorded his his album, he was out in New York, um, you know, playing live shows at this sign. Yeah, I don't know really how you, Sineg, I don't know how you say it, but uh, it's a, cl- it's a music venue. Uh, you, you'll know his music from uh, his cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. He did uh, the Hallelujah cover that ended up in the Shrek soundtrack. But
1: <laughs> um, oh well, that's actually that's the one vinyl that I brought today is the Shrek soundtrack. So uh, Badger, if you don't mind mixing into uh, No I'm a Believer by Smash Mouth, I'd really appreciate it. Dude, okay, I've got I've got i I've got an embarrassing story for you about that song, alright. Uh, my, my brother, is a, is, a, is a, he's, a, he's an actor, he's, he's really good, he does a bunch of shows, and he's in like a bunch of really incredible productions, like, it, it, it seriously blows me away actually. He Wait, just, what? He just did uh, The Little Mermaid, and oh it was God. fucking incredible. At the Academy that's of the Performing mermaid. Arts, um, that's like within Heights and High School. And like, the shows they put on, seriously, better than like professional ones that I've seen, like, seriously, they are so, so good. And so, um, He did a show a couple years back, uh, and he did Shrek. and so he had to do. um, uh, He was the the big bad wolf, so he was all he you know at at the end I guess for the you know the curtain closing and everything like that they had all the they had like the 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 band come out you know like they do at the end of the movie where they all come out and they play that song and that's how they kind of close the show, and so my brother knew nothing about playing the drums and so my mom asked (laughs) me if he could come over. And I could teach him, you know, kind of how to look like he's playing the drums. And so I kind of taught him how to play that song. And that required me to, on Spotify, look up the look up that song and kind of just play it over and over and over again. And kind of show him kind of what that looks like on the drums and how he can, like, you know, make it look better. And so, seriously, all day we worked on that, just playing that song on loop. Okay, so fast forward like a year later and Spotify has their... Uh, they're like, here are the top songs that you listened to in 2016. You know, I had just met uh, my now girlfriend. It's like the second time I'm picking her up, and I'm playing that playlist in the car for the first time because it's incredible. It's got all these bangers that I loved all year, and then like right as she gets in the car. <laughs> Cindy, 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 Cindy for I'm like what? Okay, what? Just mashing necks. I'm like, oh my god. Um, there's, <laughs> there's an, oh wow. Okay, this is a long story. It's you like know, Phil, that no, is a
3: perfect way. To represent you, you <laughs> like of course that would fucking. Come I was like, great oh my god, yeah, that's no, a great swear, introduction to film. There's
1: a reason. I, I think she still has never heard this story because she puts her fingers in her ears and refuses to listen to it. She's like, I will never believe anything you say about that, you fucking <laughs> Smash Mouth loving weirdo. I'm like, God, damn it.
2: Uh, Wait, so. no, I can explain this. This is my most played track.
1: From... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good times. Shout out to Smash Man. Well, somebody once told me that. Don't, God, don't, don't, <laughs> you fucking don't, what? don't, no, 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 I'm putting, I'm nipping that right in the butt. Alright, alright. The all right. world is gonna owe you nothing! <laughs> nothing!
0: Because I can do it all the time,
2: right? <laughs> I mean, not the sharpest tool the to shed, but uh, I can probably do that too. <laughs>
1: See this right here? Why don't you tell the good Sheep folks at home what I mean, I'm forward. doing. <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Okay. So what is this, Badger?
0: What are we listening to right
3: now? This is uh, beat It" on Down the Line by the Grateful Dead. Uh, okay. Uh, I figured, you know, got to have some dead and Psychedelic Meltdown. Right? Oh, you know, like, yeah. it's,
0: it's very unique because... There's so much range to The Dead, even though it does all sound like them. Like, when you really listen to it, you can tell, but there's, like, it's, the thing about The Dead for me was that it took me a while to get into them because there was nothing so definitive about each, any particular song, other than Truckin', which is one of my all-time favorite songs, that, that really grabs you out in any sort of way that you're like, I, like, you know, like everybody's got a little Zeppelin song, everybody's got a door song or something that they really, really like. Like with these guys, it's like you have to understand the movement and what they, you know, basically started and created and like just the complete love for music and traveling and the life that they had for, for all of it to really get into it and just understand that this is as raw as, as you can get they put it out there like that for that reason. It's not mastered down to the T where it's going to come out sounding you know, crystal clear. It's, it's fucking raw garage band music, basically. You know? like these guys are a jam band. Is that just... That's basically how we do this show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you couldn't tell, that's how we do this show. We're a jam band
1: podcast.
0: Um, and yeah, Jerry Garcia, fucking one of the greatest just...
1: Yeah, that, that shit is delicious. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, Shout out to Ben and Jerry's. You just oh, reminded ben me that Jerry. I got
0: a, you reminded me I got some Ben and Jerry's at home waiting for me. Oh
1: man, yeah. Um,
3: that actually came well, I, from a record though that that came out uh, for Record Store Day. Um, if you don't know what Record Store Day is, look it up.
1: What? What? <laughs> what,
3: what, what is it? Uh, well, Record Store Day happens once a year, and a uh, whole bunch of bands and DJs. Um, really so many musicians, they release a special edition album or sometimes a couple albums and they only <laughs> release them for that one day. And usually the, I mean, some, and they, they go on sale that day. And so if there's leftovers, but a lot of times they sell out because they only print like a thousand they copies break or them something at midnight. Yeah. Yes. Um. um, so This year, me and Amber went and we stayed outside, in line, outside of Amoeba. And, um... Before they opened. Before they... Well before they opened. And, um, I got that. I got a special edition Prince album that's like a picture disc. It has like a printed picture on Oh, I think she showed me that, actually. Uh, I got a special edition Star Wars album. Um, they had, actually, the acid test.
0: Oh, shit. The recording Mm -hmm. of
3: the acid test, which I really wanted to get for the meltdown. But they, I think, literally printed 1,000 copies worldwide, and that shit sold out like.
1: Step your game fuck, up. Man. I know.
2: Mm. F- son of a bitch.
3: If only I would have gotten there like, at like, it's it's like, like the by 3 uh, a.m. instead McDonald's. of 6 a.m. Um, you know, like they only had like four
0: or five copies at Amoeba in yeah. their entire selection. Like, Jesus. Yeah. That's like putting you know 30 packets of Szechuan sauce at each McDonald's and promoting it for freaking you know, <laughs> You're like you're gonna just get angry people yeah, out there. Luck.
2: Oh man. So we 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 only so, have about like. 10, what fifteen minutes left? Yeah, we've got left. a we've
1: got a hard out at forty five. So yeah, let's uh, yeah let's say so we've got a couple minutes. One left.
2: more track per person or
0: something like that. Yeah yeah. Okay, I'm fine it. with that because we can. You know what? Let's set em up There's no reason out. now that we don't now, now that we kind of have some sort of an idea of what we're doing because to be honest with you, we just came in here with no idea how we were going to work this out. Sound what like. are you talking about? Oh, All you of are meticulously
3: rehearsed but, and planned. <laughs> oh, you pretty things.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. And so, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're in here doing this on the fly. and uh, Which is how will, we always do it. Right? Which is how we always do it. But we're, you know, n- there's no reason why we can't have this happen more often to where we can get more songs out there. Because, yes, unfortunately, I am the person that has to go make a living and actually, I'm not really making a living. I'm, I'm just making enough to survive.
1: Because the rest of us don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have to go. I have to go make like this money that I'm gonna stretch out for the next like five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is this is good, you guys. I love like we finally Wake up out how to wire all this. It sounds some cool, shake yeah. Up your well, bed.
0: So you were saying, it, you're father. <laughs> no this song right here. Well, I, some I, I love. I could tell you something you could go on for hours window. about
1: Bowie. This Back song
0: has oh. right. a very great. special place for me as, as last year when we went just to Desert Hearts. For some reason, me. even amidst the non stop techno music that was playing all weekend, this was stuck playing over and why over. It was almost like there was just some just symbolic reason as to why it was playing. Me, no you know? You listen to the chorus, and you're like, okay, you know, it's very it's kind of relatable for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what it was, but it has just stuck with me so much. A
2: lot. So I hope that every single one of you guys know
0: that, uh, well, he's just about to say it right now.
1: the Listen camera for a second to capture exactly time. how much lip-syncing and dancing i've been quietly doing over here this whole time race. that's the problem with the music episode, man i cannot help myself right. I fucking
0: love this, song. this song i mean not, yeah I, it, just, we it just the way he writes songs the way that he structures them is so it, it's it's unlike anybody else where it, it seems it's so simple but it's so perfect with him it, it, i i I can't even tell you, I just, they, they're melodies that are, they get stuck in your head, you know, like, they're this song, yeah. and it's very relevant to so, what, you know, all of us, we're going to these festivals, we're doing all this stuff, Where no matter, no matter how old you are, no matter how independent you are, you're still driving your mama's and papa's insane, with the choices that you make, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, you're just like, "Miho, oh, mijo, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's going on? Why are you doing this? My parents don't talk like that by the way. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents talk like that. Yeah, my you yeah. Know, my grandparents, my grandparents just act like I don't do anything wrong, but you know, my my parents are just like facepalm like, you know.
3: When I was a little boy, I once asked my grandma what's
0: a mijo? <laughs> 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 At least you did say what's a uh, what is or you didn't say something and say, "Can I get that way?" <laughs> Instead, like to your grandma, like, like, can you get me a water bottle, way? Like, what? Yeah. What did you say? What the <laughs>
1: fuck did you just say? Like, yeah, I've gotten one to the back of the head for using "way" in my Spanish like, I don't know. All the kids like, what did state? you learn that shit? Like, yeah. oh, I, I, I got friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, kids I, kids I, wo- at I work in a kitchen, grandma. Like, I just it's not dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. You got, you got room for one more?
3: Yeah, I can on throw one.
0: One last one for the day. One last one. Yeah, <coughs> unfortunately. Apple going to play something? I'll, well, I'll,
2: you, I'll play one too.
0: Yeah, yeah you guys can. You know, okay, like,
3: I'll play one and then you can play one. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna play something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, you got time. time? Right. Yeah, we got a few minutes here. But David Bowie. and Oh, me. I think I know what you're playing. Uh, I don't know what he's playing.
3: Yeah. Let's go play some a little groovy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. Yeah, no, there's a handful of these songs, a couple of which you guys played already today that like now are inextricably connected to you guys cuz you guys dropped these at the meltdown, you know, some, sometimes and you know, now I'm like, oh man, you guys are now the connection that I make to these songs even though I, you know, knew them before and shit like that. Oh, but wow. that brings me back to those moments. And That's it's cool. been a, it's been a nice thing to connect to some of this classic music that didn't have as, you know, strong of an anchor to it before, now reminds me of going to your your parents' beach house rental thing whatever that was that shit was that uh, was man. so dope that was such a good fucking night that oh, was man. such a good night yeah for whatever reason we all just had a, a that beach was one house, of ours and we just had a, a beachfront front meltdown i think I that
0: was, that was one of the best meltdowns we never recorded because we went on for like literally 5 hours oh, that, that i had i had literally hours. 4 gigabytes of like audio <laughs> recorded by the end of that yeah straight up like 5 hours of music just going straight through and we didn't record it because we were just in the moment had Joey, you know, painting over there, we had the beach right next to us, so we're like fucking,
1: literally That was, just that was a beautiful, just a beautiful time period right there, I don't know to say night, even the next day, it was like... Oh, we kept it going just, it into magical, the morning. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It was we, such a live-in-the-moment thing, none of us were stopping the table.
2: We woke up with so some, uh, some bubbles in your tub. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <that> morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. tub. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: but yeah, it was, no, it was a great time. I, I, what you said a second ago about, like, uh, having new meaning for songs that you're hearing i, I feel like i've uh, been able to have like uh, I, i've been able to learn more about music through this process you know like actually going to a record store and flipping through the albums that you're looking to buy you, you, you get a sense of, of what's out there and like you you know you listen to a track on your phone and think like okay something that would work for the next show that we're doing. And, you know, Amber's, that always happens, yeah. Amber's party that's like 70s theme, you know, so we need to find 70s music. And so now I'm going through and like, is the 70s and I'm learning about it.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've even just today I've gotten an incredible education on Classic Rock from you guys. Yeah, I didn't know so much of the stuff that you guys were talking about.
3: Yeah, definitely it has made record shopping... Uh, Uh, an entirely different experience now I used to go and just you know pick out stuff that I liked uh, which I still do but a lot of times I go to the record store and I see things or I'll, I'll hear something and it makes me think of the meltdown you know and even if I end up playing that record you know a year from now or whenever You know, it still was bought with kind of that thought in mind that it could work with what we're doing. You know one way or another. um, aside from me just wanting it, you know, as a record, you know. You made it work.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to to have this like hobby that starts going towards like a passion, you know. Making that transition over. I think that's what we're kind of talking about here. Because you know, you used to just go and whatever you like listen to and liked. You get that, but now when you have kind of a purpose behind it, yeah. that kind of makes it a little more interesting, a little unique. You know, it's it's the uh, it's uh, playing fantasy football versus just watching the game on something. Yeah. You know. I
0: and mean, then there's three of us. Well, the cool too. thing about record shopping too is that like record shops will always have like extreme deals on random records, like like one yeah. two dollar records or whatever yeah. that you don't even know the artist was, but it's kind of like one of my teachers told me when when i was you know for in my english class said you know sometimes they, they always tell you don't judge a book by its cover but sometimes when if you don't know what to buy when you're buying a book sometimes go off the cover you know buy a book that a cover stands out to you for some reason whether it's the font whatever whatever it says on there it's like that with a record for me it's like for some reason this is a cheap record but they look like they've got a style that kind of you know I can dig and then I have no idea what it is but chances are you're gonna find one song on that fucking album that's gonna be perfect for the fucking meltdown yeah I've done that simultaneously I picked random albums from bands that I have never heard of before whatsoever just because their album like kind of popped out to me and thought like I might be down with this just because of the visual component that they're putting out there yeah. It and you was. know,
1: I, I think I think don't judge a book by its cover might start to get a little bit outdated because especially when it comes to album covers. Right. Uh, <laughs> professional artists and incredible people have worked so hard to kind of translate their uh, the creative vision of the musician into a visual format to kind of make that eye-catching. So, fuck yeah. Absolutely. Judge a book by its Absolutely. cover because they or did it damn be, well. Be persuaded by the cover. <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. tried yeah. to make that cover reflect the music itself. So, hey, if you like the cover, you might like the music. I mean, that's right. the idea, right?
0: It's worth it enough, you know, than, other than...
3: You
1: just,
0: judge that cover. Yeah. yeah judge yeah, that judge cover. It. Yeah. See, I, I happen if to you think like it, that, yeah. like,
1: you know, Korn has, like, you know, cheesy, lazy graphics on their thing. And I'm not into the music, so...
3: Oh, dude, I, lo- I used to love corn. I, I, I was
1: trying to think of a better example, but literally the only one of like that. Okay, okay. You know, give, us, give us a look at like uh, underground mixtapes, like on like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. like rappers do, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, and they're on like DatPiff and there's all these other, these websites where people just upload mixtapes. Yeah. Those album covers are some of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Yeah, with
3: like graffiti artists that like do the covers. Oh, shit. no. Like, I'm being one,
1: so, so sarcastic. Oh. Uh, no, oh. some of the ones that are just like them, like Photoshop with like there's like a bear with like a fucking assault rifle, oh, mean, and there's I like I thought you were talking about like legit artists, two like, like twerking on the thing. Oh no, 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 no! Like they're 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 rappers, and like they have their like they have their buddy like Photoshop some oh. like cheesy album to cover together, and they're fucking phenomenal. There's a there's but a, that's a rapper really from like South rappers, Africa sure or you know
3: something like that, and his name is like Banks, and. He used to have Is this song. Is his name Dylan?
1: What's that? Is his name Dylan? <laughs> no. I think he's on he, the, I think he's actually the top 3 for uh, the, the Rolling Stones list. He Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. The guy
3: that I'm talking about, this guy, he had um, a music video that was him like dancing in front of a green screen and the pictures that they used actually still had like the iPhoto like Watermark on it, and it was like iPhoto stock photos of like money and stuff like that (laughs) behind him, and he was trying to look all rich, but you could see the watermark.
1: (laughs) That is so (laughs) dope! Holy shit! It's amazing. I'll show it to you. That's yes,
2: I love that. So this track is from the uh, the video I was telling you about. So while we're talking about graphic design, he's actually he started out as a graphic designer. Um, yeah, I didn't and, know that. Uh, yeah, no, he does all the graphic art for all of his of his albums. Um, and and before he was making music, you know, he, he, that's what he did. And he said that guitar was actually like a logical next step for him when he, when he was when he's originally a graphic designer and like that's funny yeah, to do that kind of work. And and guitar was just like another thing that he could do to what he's been trying to do with the visuals as well. I
1: think it is just it's that hemisphere with the brain it's the same one right? Like I feel like I, I feel that pull too sometimes like having kind of a musical inclination kind of being like an active thing that I pursue. Well, you can like, tell when you when you look at the album. Yeah covers, his, his album covers are beautiful. You know they're just they're
2: they're geometric and they're elegant and elegant, and you know
1: they're you know and in, in minimalist and I think that kind of does reflect his style well. Yeah. And
2: you, you can really feel the colors, and it's an understanding of the colors and the tonality.
1: And yeah. The I texture. always he has, he has like a very like you know it's a warm palette, but like kind of fading into like these cooler colors, which are like you know this kind of middle ground, beautiful, you know, kind of like vague, like excitement, but still like something like serene, you know, in some way, you know, running through a field, not like. You know, trash Campfires. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, the cover of this one is, uh, is just a circle, but uh, the circle kind of blends uh, through the colors of, of sunset and dusk and then nighttime. And it kind of, it, well, you know, it's, this it's, circle it's, is also of like of, a of uh, like, those, those kind of
1: duller tones that kind of do match each other well. It's but so
0: I think funny like, that you picked a song, you because know? the other night <laughs> it was this comedy thing. There was like Jimmy, who obviously loves Love a lot too. I know you guys share that like really, really deep love for Taiko. And uh, Kevin was like, I can make a Taiko song, and then just like took this challenge to try to make this Taiko song. And we're like, okay, yeah, whatever, dude. We like, we're leaving. And the next morning, I get a message. He's like, okay, this is my like Taiko track that I came up with, and he sent it to us. And I'm like, no. I <laughs> so, like Tycho, I love you. Like I know that you kinda like you can break down what he's doing, but it's still there's something about it that, that, that you know it's very unique and, and he's got his own sound, his own style. It's this is the song you chose for the video that you put off uh, of all of us too and it like was perfect. It's, it's such a moot moot song. Like I, I don't know, it's very new like
2: neutral but it's it's kind of the way I rem- I remember that year. It's the, it's the soundtrack of my memories. I'd say okay. that's why I picked it. You know, like whenever I'm thinking back on a you know like a good memory, like Taiko is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, and so this this song will always be the soundtrack of last yeah, year. this
1: song is like the it's like the theme song of like starting a new day. You know, this is you stayed up all night, and now it's like six seven in the morning, and you guys are still there, just feeling beautiful.
3: Which has happened to us so many times. Yeah. yeah. You know, doing the meltdowns, uh, the birthday parties. The video was perfect. Um, Yeah, how it showed us all talking that morning. That's exactly what the video was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Us, you know. In this house. Yeah, in this this (laughs) very house. house. Yeah, downstairs. Um, You know, and everybody's there. Yeah. You know, everybody is in that video at some point because, you know, we have so many of those moments where... We spend days and nights into mornings together, uh, playing music and, and you know, fucking around and yeah. inspiring each other and
0: uh, you know, talking about ideas. then now we're doing all this dope shit. It it none well, yeah, none of you know? any of the projects or ideas that we have for anything existed, you know, a couple years ago.
1: Well, I mean, as, as any artist would probably tell you, like, you know, there's a point where you kind of realize you have a proficiency in something and then there's a little bit longer before you're like, you know, getting the confidence to put it out there. And then it's a little bit after that to where you've actually started doing it and working and next thing you know, like, oh, this is a thing that you do and you're pretty, you're pretty damn good at it. You mm-hmm. know, this came from th- this whole show right here came from just, you guys all happened to add to your records. You're like, oh, let's fuck around and sp- spin them out, you know? And here yeah. we are now, years later. It really
3: started with Amaya. I got to say that. Well, it started with you because I think it was it was at the cabin, right? That you played some records. I played
0: then... some. I just bought a record player, and so I played yeah. some records at the cabin, and it was kind of soothing and cool. And so I thought, you know, bringing that over into Amber's birthday party would be a, a cool addition. Because to be honest with you, I knew that what we were going to be doing, we were going to be having fun, and like at that time of the morning when I went, and I thought it would be good. It was the time I wanted to kind of mellow out and like. Just relax and talk to people and listen to stuff instead of hearing like super loud bassy stuff so I I mentioned the idea to you and then it turned into a bigger thing than what it was just gonna be me playing like some Vinyls while we Mm. all talked and hung out and then it became more of like a passion project because (laughs) you have got you've since then You know gone and like gotten a record collection like unlike any others I mean, it's still in comparison to your dad's which is like, you know, a monstrosity, yeah. like, you know. That's why it's like in your mind, it's like, oh, I have a long ways to go. In my mind, it's like you have a collection of a lifetime, basically. But um, yeah, it's it's turned into this huge passion project where you know, and you guys also, yeah, well, yep. God damn yep. it, meant bro. to do that. <laughs> well, yep. with, you know, Fritz and Franz as well, and yeah. and just you know, doing different things, um, but with vinyl records, and it's 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 amazing, you know. Well, that
1: was. <laughs> As we're trying to wrap up the show here, I guess construction started right on time just outside the window, so that's fantastic. But man, so everybody who enjoyed this, and you know, with a little bit less talking and really getting to appreciate the music, you guys are going to all be playing together as Deathwax at the show on Saturday, which we would love to have everybody who listens to us come out there and say hello. God damn it! At a secret haunted like a warehouse Jack in Anaheim, Hammer right next to. Uh, Patrick, can you grab yeah. that? I feel like shit's gonna fall. If I just try to close this so yeah we're we're okay.
2: our show um this this weekend is like uh, the next step in the RGL brand we're trying to do more stuff that showcases the artists in our group we have you know great DJs great uh live you know performers like painters you know uh and and so this is just another thing for us to to um bring people together and just like extend the family and meet new people and have a good time.
0: It's Halloween. I mean, who doesn't want to come together and party and, like, have a good time, right?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a up. great fucking time. So, you it guys is going to be a
0: great time. We have a warehouse that we rented.
3: We're going to decorate the shit out of it. We're going to set up a fat-ass system, and we're going to play we some got booze, got f- serious music. fucking music. All all types of music, too. All types of music.
1: Yes, that's right. So-, so We have
3: bass. We got house. We got the, you know, what we're doing with Death wax is going to be... Uh, a 90s mix we're doing a special edition 90s mix i'm so excited for um, that. All rock some movie. of you might be too young to know some of these songs but you know
1: my <laughs> fucking old kids. ass is
3: gonna rock the fuck out no, so, i'm not you know, know what young, no matter how old, old you are high. High. yeah, yeah that's i respect
1: you not to assume you know what came before you too and you know you better fucking because know, like i was yeah. saying yeah. earlier i didn't know what this shit me when people assumed i didn't know anything that happened before i was born so i will not do that to you kids Y'all are beautiful. So if you guys would like to come out to the party or just support the other stuff that we do, that is uh, the the three of us kind of as Regal Collective, you guys can follow us on social media. That is at Regal Collective. That is R-G-L Collective, as that's spelled, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that's how you're going to find, especially on Facebook, that's how you're going to find all the details for the party. You know, we're in Anaheim. It's this Saturday, October 28th. We're going to get going uh, right about 7, and we're oh, going to go until yeah. – Till we get shut it's down. About two, three, yeah. We'll yeah, see. it's gonna be it's so gonna be a good fucking up. time. Yeah. So make sure you guys go out and follow <laughs> us there. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you want to uh, promote while we're here? Uh, I don't think so. I mean,
3: I wanna I wanna say what's up to uh, Mackenzie and Puff Hats because she just had her uh, fashion show last night at One Love. Uh, no way. Yeah, right. she was shut in the fashion show, and I know that she was on the show uh, earlier, but Puff Hats is actually getting you know. They Um, are blowing up. They're blowing up, and Mackenzie's putting out a lot of really artistic
1: shit. Even bigger than when she was here just a couple months ago. It's a beautiful thing. So yeah, yeah, Puff the Magic Hats um, Um, on Instagram and Etsy. Check those out. That is our dear friend, Mackenzie Order your hat.
0: Don't be a lame at a festival with a boring (laughs) hat.
3: Yeah, she's got some really unique shit. And
0: yeah. if you've got should, a boring hat, she can fix it for you. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> she can
1: unboring those hats. And so do you guys have an Instagram or Twitter or anything you guys want to drive people to? Uh, What is it? Am
3: I? the You're- psychedelic? We have the psychedelic meltdown. Psychedelic meltdown. On Instagram. On
0: Instagram with the underscore in between the words. So, psychedelic and meltdown. Yeah. yeah. So uh, underscore psychedelic underscore meltdown.
1: All right. You got uh, the bearded badger over here. Yes. Mr. Apple Stinger. that's right and we'll put of course if you guys want to you know follow anybody check us all out all these things all of the uh links to these things are going to be clickable in the description of this episode uh we also recently switched over our podcast hosting services so that may have impacted the way that you get or see things uh reach out and let us know if anything is different about it i'm pretty sure i did it right to where that isn't going to happen but you know it always helps to have a crowd uh troubleshoot my my tech deficiencies here and so of course as I said, make sure that you guys are subscribed to us. That is at League Cast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That you're following us on, uh, you know, however you get your podcasts. And I know I said that backwards, but fuck it. We're here to change minds and lives. And we do things differently over here, including the reversal of sentences.
2: Phil, do you want to tell us about this next track that's going to... All
1: right. Well, to close the show out, you guys, I am putting my one track out there. It is a vinyl that meant so much to me you know i used to listen to it with my mother as a kid and um you know i think you guys all know it it is a classic let's close the show out with the sweet dulcet towns of two live crew and pop that pussy badger (laughs) hit me (laughs) (laughs) Mm. all right We'll see you later. And you wanna you wanna give our sign off? Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody.
0: I unfortunately have to get going right now, but uh, you know, as always, let it bleed. Thanks for tuning in.